Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and every week I'm here for you, encouraging you to learn the latest in wellness, in happiness, in well-being. And there's so much new research coming out now that is showing that as we shift the stuff in here, the stuff down here really changes and changes all around of us, us as well. And it's remarkable. We used to think of the mind as something that was disembodied and, you know, may have a little bit of effect on the body. And then with the field of psychoneuroimmunology, we began to realize it was having an effect on our immune system and molecules in our bodies. Now, the newest research shows that what you do with this thing inside your skull over here, what you do with your mind is having an immediate effect on your body. And like I have people hooked up to EEG sometimes, the heart rate variability monitors. And when they think a positive thought, it unleashes a cascade of positive neurochemicals in their body. When they think a negative thought, it unleashes a cascade of neurochemicals that make you older and degrade your cell function, your, your cell metabolism, all these things driven purely by your mind. So here at High Energy Health, we encourage you to listen, to participate, to fill your mind with everything that is positive, that is kind, that is compassionate. And when you fill your mind with those positive emotions, then all those good changes happen in your bodies. So please do make a habit of tuning in here and listening to us. There are lots and lots of podcasts. We also have some exciting new shows coming up. We also have some guest hosts who will be standing in for me while I'm, I'm on meditation retreats. And so you're going to find just a wealth of those positive messages that can make a huge difference in your life. And then before I introduce today's guest, I just want to say a word about practice. Practice is essential. And practice doesn't have to mean two hours of sitting cross-legged every day or doing yoga every day or going on retreat all the time. It can just mean that mindful 15 minutes. It can mean that time spent breathing. Maybe you're commuting somewhere and you just spend time breathing consciously in the car or the train or the bus. That's enough. That's all it takes to send to you. And then when you do that, those effects start to ripple out through your life. So find a style of practice that works for you. It might not be sitting cross-legged for an hour in the morning, or it might be sitting cross-legged or at least sitting in a relaxed space to initiate your day. There's power in doing it regularly. There's power in doing it in the morning. And so we aren't just considering ideas here at High Energy Health. We're encouraging you. I'm encouraging you to put those ideas into practice, do them in your life, and you'll start to change those molecules in your body. And then you'll see ripple, ripple effects flooding out throughout your whole life. So again, the ideas are inspiring, but the ideas hopefully will inspire you to put these, these tools into practice in your life in a systematic way. So that's the big, the big picture. Listen, fill your mind with positive ideas, and then define something that you will do, you will take action on that can make all the difference in your well-being. My guest today is Melissa Watson-Clark. She's the founder of Gardenwood Counseling Center, which you can find at gardenwoodcc.com. 
It's a private mental health practice in Maryland. She began her career as a social worker in nonprofits and public child welfare, has coached and trained many people in evidence-based methods. She's also trained in criminal medicine, Reiki, and EFT. She believes that for healing to take place, we must clear the energy blocks in our mind and our body, and she's been on a lifelong journey to understand how. Melissa, I'm so delighted to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really interested in what it is we're going to be talking about today. Well, we met at Omega Institute, and we had so many wonderful conversations, mostly around the dinner table. And mm -hmm. I was imagined I was just extending those dinner table conversations to, <laughs> to share them with the <laughs> right. wider world. <laughs> okay. They were yeah. good conversations. <laughs> and then, and first of all, you know, your, your healing journey. I mean, you, you come at this with a passion both for, the, for adults and, and for children. I'd love to know more about the background, your motivation, just quickly bringing us from back then to the present moment. Well, I think like a lot of people, I had a pretty normal upbringing. Things changed with me though when my mom died. I was, it was right before I graduated from college. No, I'm sorry, it was right after I graduated from college and I lost my mother. And that just knocked me off the center, my, my center left. And so, it's really opened me up to figuring out, well, who am I without that? Wasn't particularly close with my father at that point, but my relationship with him also healed as a result. But it just, it makes you think about when you are no longer someone's child, who do you become? And so that's just kind of where I started. I had a lot of things I was interested in. I think anything that came across, I was going to check. There's this one story I like to tell when uh, I found this, uh, it was right after I got my Reiki training. And I found this class called Candle Magic, which, which I thought was about making cat candles. And it ended up being, <laughs> I met with a bunch of witches and it was just the most, it was the most interesting experience I've ever had. But they were talking about magic and using candles for magic. But it was a, it was a good experience. And so I've just been, I've been uh, really, if, if something came across me that I thought was interesting, I'm the kind of person who just doesn't release. I don't just let it go. I follow it. And so as I moved from child welfare into therapy, what I know, what I noticed was it's not just about talking. Right. People needed more than just an opportunity to talk. And so I began looking for ways that could help them. And so I, I uh, used my Reiki to the extent that I could in a 50 minute therapy session, but I needed more. And that's what led me to herbal medicine and it led me to EFT. And so helping people heal energetically, I saw was just more successful. And people started, I, I tell everybody when they call, my job is to work my way out of a job. And so I'm always looking for a way because I don't think you need to talk to a therapist forever. <laughs> you should go live your life and not have to talk to me every week. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's kind of my, that's a value for me too, to help people learn skills where they can heal themselves and help themselves without having to have a third party there to help them do it. And, and so I, things have been wonderful. I love the work that I do. And I, I love that idea that people need more than talk. And talk, of course, addresses the cognitive parts of our brain. Mm -hmm. And we need to look at our belief systems and our worldviews right. and question those. That's powerful. Right. But then the energetic dimension, if we have, if we're stuck there, then mm -hmm. often all the talking, all the argument we have isn't going to save us. Remember, I tried, I tried to do that for years. I said, I should be a positive thinker. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Thoughts, but that right. didn't stop them. Not enough. It's not enough. And, you know, I also 
talk to people about simple things like eating. What are you eating? And that also, what, what, what you're putting in your body is so helpful. And how are you, what, is your, what are your routines? What are your daily and nightly routines that prepare you for going to sleep or prepare you to be up and ready for your, for your next day and, and what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish that day? And so I spend a lot of time on fairly concrete activities that people can use to create the life they want to live and to feel happy and at ease in those lives. So you're asking them, them questions, you're working with whatever problems they bring to you, you're encouraging mm-hmm. them to take physical steps like mm-hmm. and diet and exercise, things that can really move the needle for them. How do you then introduce the idea of energy to a client? Well, one of the things that I do at the beginning is I teach them, it's called, it's a meditation, it's called autogenic. And so I, that's the first meditation I start working with them. And the when, when we were do, able to do face-to-face, we would come in and I'd, I'd play a Tibetan singing bowl for them as a way to transition them from outside to inside or outside of the therapy space to inside the therapy space. And it and we would talk about how they would feel. And it was just that. This is how it feels. And so when I'm introducing something different, they're already kind of opened up to that just because this is how they enter practice or enter therapy. So it's not a big discussion about it, but this is how you can feel as a result of it. This is what, especially with EFT, I've been doing that a lot more. This is what it does. This is how it can help. And people are open to that, especially people who have been, we've been talking and they haven't been moving. They haven't been, their lives haven't, they're still really suffering. And so, well, maybe there are some trauma bubbles that we need to look at. And let's let's burst some of those. And so I'm always, you know, this energy that I have is always like, yes, we can do it. And so it's my total faith and belief that they can get better. And they they be they believe me for a while until they start believing it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they need a surrogate believer. You are their yes. surrogate believer in their yes. well-being till they can take that on themselves. Yes. And they do. They take it on. And I can I can tell when I don't have to I don't have to be the cheerleader. I can take off my cheerleader outfit. Wow. How do you know that that they're making that transition? It's a couple of things that happens. One is one real one is they start missing sessions. They start canceling. (laughs) (laughs) They go from you know, if I go on vacation, I got to listen to the terrible whining about what me going away and how terrible. And then they're like, okay, well, and then they ask me, usually they ask me if it's, if they're, if it's time, they want me to tell them it's okay to go to buy weekly sessions. And then I see it. They're not needing me so much. The conversations are not, it's not about the crisis of the week. It's more about what's going on in their lives and how they've handled this and the other. So it's more them informing me of what, has, has been a problem and then how they solved it. And when so that's happening more and more. It's much less crisis driven and much more solution oriented. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yep. Wow. They're taking control. They don't. And it's it's so funny. And when they are ready to, to leave, it's there. Do you think I'm ready? Well, do you think you're ready? Because I don't want to be the one to tell them they're ready. And I, I reassure them, I'm always here. This is my job. This is where I, how I earn my living. I'm not going anywhere. And once you're a client of mine, you're all, you always have a uh, step in. You always have a foot in. So you can always get to me. And that gives them the courage to just go in and, and live their lives without me. And that's powerful to know that you can. You have those tools. You are empowered. You are able to move ahead yourself. And you have that therapy. I know for me, that's that's really, really been wonderful over the years to know that I, always, I have to like, pull back on. So like I have a regular monthly session with my therapist and I go mm-hmm. to sometimes listen thinking, I don't really have anything to talk. I don't have any right. crisis of the month, you know, no, nothing really right. to talk about. 
but there's right. always personal growth. There are always things you aren't seeing very clearly and yeah. that a therapist can help you see. And so having, you know, both being empowered and taking taking care of your own life and having that backup is is mm -hmm. really a powerful combo. And you and I find that some people when they first start, I might see them once a month. They'll they'll come and check back in once a month. And then it'll be every couple of months. And then it'll be every three or four months. And then I don't really see them that much until there is a crisis. And yes. I'm glad to know that our work has or their relationship with me has been such that they know I just need to check in with Melissa. They talk it out. Usually they've already found a solution and I assure them of that. You already knew before you came. You just needed to sit here with me for a while. And then they, they you know, we just kind of dust them off and then they go off again. Wow. And what yeah. sorts of problems are you usually typically addressing with people? What's your kind of specialty? Well, I think as we talked in the, when we met, one of our early conversations was about microaggressions and dealing with themic racism is a lot. I, I have a, a group of women that I work with, primarily African-American women that I'm working with, and they're successful, but they are struggling. Many of them, not all of them, many of them are struggling with, they might handle the issue in the moment. And they do, they handle the issue in the moment, but then they take it home with them and they start questioning themselves and they start beating up on themselves. And so just the damage that that does to a person's confidence and feelings of self-worth and self-being is really, it can be a lot for people to handle and manage. And then you don't often have anybody to deal with because we're kind of dealing with these things in our silos. We want to pretend that we're handling it and it's okay. And so I'm a place where they can come and really talk about how hurtful it was. And then relationships, what I'm noticing is that people's relationships aren't as strong. And so the support systems are not as reliable. And by that, I mean, people don't always support in a way that's supportive. So they, they, they help in the way they want to be helped, but not in the way the person wants to be helped. And so, it, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really sad, not sad, but it's interesting how people say they have friends. Some of them don't have friends or a, good, a strong support system. And it's like we've forgotten how to support each other in a way that's really nurturing. And some people have very strong support systems, but they don't want to lay this on their support system. They just want to, you know, they just they just need to be, we have these images in life. And so we want to be able, we want people to see us the way we want people to see us and not what's underneath. The surface. And so dealing with depression, lots of depression. I, most of my clients have some level, experience some level of anxiety, not able to sleep. And then uh, the, the ones that I, I really, I mean, I, I enjoy all my clients. And I, let me not say that I don't have any favorite clients. They're all my favorites. But the ones who are dealing with transitions, who are going from one stage of, the life, of their lives to another and trying to figure out what's next for me, because I've been through older than most of them. So I've been through most of it myself and they're asking themselves questions about well what do I want my life to mean now a range of things no you mentioned microaggressions and you told me a story to Omega that just like we're at, at the table and not having a, having I think lunch or dinner and so you said and I think that I was as startled as everyone else around the table there you, you said that you went to the stretching Qigong class on the beach mm -hmm. at Omega that day mm -hmm. and you were sitting down on one of the there are these chairs overlooking the lake so the beautiful lake and there's a big beach mm -hmm. there they do yoga classes and qigong classes there and he said he was sitting down um in one of the chairs at the back just watching everyone and watching the lake and one of the white women in the class kept looking around like what is that african-american woman doing over there because her purse was nearby mm -hmm. and you know i mean like i would never as a white man i would never notice that mm -hmm. but you notice it and so the cumulative effect of that times, you know, a hundred times a thousand times a hundred thousand, 
Uh, and this is a, a layer of, you know, you mentioned microaggressions. This is a layer of reality that not only do I not have to deal with, and that never, I don't even know is there, is, is even there. Mm -hmm. So in the next segment, we're going to go to a break right now. But in the next segment, I want to talk about, about that and about how we how we surface those things. You sur In that conversation, you surface something that was that was there that nobody else was seeing, how we surface these things, how we work with them in consciousness, and then also mm -hmm. to see how we use EFT energy therapies to actually dissipate these old old patterns. So we're going to go to a break right now. Okay. My name is Dawson Church, and listening to High Energy Health. For more on Melissa's work, go to her website, which is gardenwoodcc.com, gardenwoodcc.com, and we'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and I love sharing with you every week on these inspiring ideas and encouraging you to put them into practice in your own life. So make it a practice to fill your mind with positive media. I know I check out the news, usually Google News or the New York Times or some other news source a couple of times a week, but I make sure I fill my awareness with the antidote. So I go look at the Good News Network, and I go look find inspiring stories, and it's really important to not get sucked into the whole mass awareness that is so filled with what's wrong in the world, what's in crisis. That's true. And we need to pay attention to all of these global issues and also know that they're not the whole picture. We live in a world in which there are people, people of compassion. There are all kinds of amazing things going on. Like one example is that there's a Tanzanian woman who has patented a technology for taking the waste from her village and turning it into building bricks which should now be used to build schools and homes. So did you, you'll never hear that on big news media, but there are all kinds of things happening like that all over the world. When my son was in high school, he helped. He discovered that it cost $12,000 to build a school classroom in this tiny, tiny little country of Malawi. And he then began to raise money. These kids would raise $12,000 and get a school built in Malawi. It's just amazing. So there are all these things going on in the world and we are not aware of them. It's really important to fill your mind with positive things, positive thoughts, positive inputs, and high energy health is high on the list. So please do join us every week. We'd love to share and inspire you more. For more on Melissa's work, go to her website, gardenwoodcc.com. Gardenwood Counseling Center, gardenwoodcc.com. If you like a copy of my new book, Bliss Brain, go to the website, blissbrain.com. You get the book free and you get eight free meditations as well. So again, great ways to put these ideas into practice. So Melissa, we're, we're talking about how there are all these microaggressions and they're, they're there and then you notice them and I don't, and you probably noticed a whole bunch more as well. And so how do we start to address this? I mean, first of all, you're addressing it with clients, but how do they start to work with it? And then let's also, as we continue our conversation, start to really tackle the whole issue of how we deal with it as a society and how energy tools can help. Let's just start, so, say you're with this African-American woman, successful, and then having to deal with these microaggressions. And then what does she, what do you, what do you recommend for her? Well, first of all, I get her to admit that it hurt her, that she's hurt by it. Because sometimes it's presented, this happened to me, and I just said, I said whatever I said. And it's usually just the very, they, they respond very well. But I can tell that there's still some hurt, there's some hurt there. And so I get them to talk about that. How did you feel about that when she said it? How did you feel? Not, not what you said, how did you feel? 
And we'll talk about that. And the question I ask is, well, does it remind you of anything else? Has has something like this happened to you before? And I get them to tune in and, and we'll start most, many times, I won't say most times, many times it's, I felt like I did something wrong. I felt like somebody might have said something about somebody's shoes. And that, that happens sometimes. White people do that all the time. They talk about what we have on, what we're wearing. In professional environments, many times we're kind of dressed up. That's really how we were trained. You dress, so many of us, you dressed up. Casual, casually dressing to go to work is something that I grew into after I started work. But when I first started, you know, you're supposed to wear a suit to go to work. Supposed to wear heels to go to work. And so there was a certain way you dress. And some people then just have style, and that's just how they like to dress. And they get challenged, people get challenged on that because the overall environment might be one where it's more comfortable, casual, and then this person is dressed up and people are challenging them on that. Or it could be how we wear our hair. The, the number one thing to stay away from, I think white people really should get this. Don't ask black people about their hair. Don't do that. You know, just, just leave the hair alone. And so when that happens, then your defenses, their defenses start going up because they feel like, okay, I'm being judged because you mentioned it, I'm doing something wrong. And so we'll have that conversation about how she feels emotionally about what felt to her, what could feel to her like an attack. And then many times it's related to that reaction comes from being judged by family, being told she wasn't quite enough when she was a little girl, being told she shouldn't do A, B, or C, when she was when she was young, not being found, nobody finding her delightful when she was a little girl. And so then we can go back to that memory. I have them tune in physically. You know, where do you feel it uh, in your body? When did you feel like this before? And then we will, it takes them back to a, a memory that we can tap on. And that's what we do. We tap on that memory. Now, does it mean that the next time that, that, that this person is not going to ever hear anything about their clothes or hair or anything again, no. But her reaction to it is different in that she doesn't take it in. It doesn't become, it doesn't become something that she walks away from or it thinks about later. Okay, so those things happen. Often they tie back to childhood memories. You find how it felt in her body when she was a child, what actually happened in the past, and then start to work on the childhood stuff clear the body sensation. And then you say, if you don't do that, you might just be ruminating on it later on. But if you've done all that, then you no longer are going to be ruminating. Right. And that helps. That helps. That helps people when it happens again, then they don't, they know it's personal. It's still personal. It's still a microaggression. But again, they're not, they're not feeling it in the same way. And they're not hurting themselves and spending the night talking about reviewing the whole thing over and over again and getting in this cycle. Yeah. That's not that's damaging and not not helpful at all. Yeah. And so if you are thinking about it over and over and over again, you're then lighting up all those neural pathways and then your the experience isn't over. It's still happening, even though it may have right. actually occurred in reality hours and days ago. Right. And if we think thoughts become things, then what are you doing? You're just introducing more opportunity for this to happen to you over and over again. And so it's also a shift in what it is that you're focusing on when you're walking through your through your your workspace. You're not you're not waiting for somebody to say something negative to you. And so even if they say something, it doesn't hit you the same way sometimes. It's like whatever. So you no longer have that anticipation that's gonna happen yes. again. Right. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that's wow, that's that's very powerful then, because you are then conditioning your present with your mind to look like mm-hmm. your past. 
able, able, able to create a, a fresh new present. We're going to go to a break in a moment, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. And for more on Melissa's work, go to her website, gardenwoodcc.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and each week on the show, we look at the leading edge of health and well-being. If you practice the things you hear in the show, they will make a huge difference to your body and your life. So I encourage you to practice, practice, practice. Set aside that 20, 30 minutes every day and really focus on you, things that nurture you, things that strengthen you, things that make you wiser and happier. And the payoff for that is enormous. You'll have a much happier life. My new book, Bliss Brain, is all about these elevated states. You can get a free copy at blissbrain.com. Also, to learn more about Melissa's wonderful work, go to her website, which is gardenwoodcc.com. Again, that's gardenwoodcc.com. So, Melissa, it's obvious to, I think, people throughout the world that we really have a racial and racist legacy to overcome. And we may have thought in the US, we may have thought we made progress in the 60s and 70s, and we did. But the, the, the pandemic and the last few years have shown us that we have a long way to go. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a daunting and long-term problem. And we're, how, I mean, how do we even begin to grapple with this in a, in a really meaningful way as individuals? That's a good question. I think people have to want to, first of all. It's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. And I think for, for Black people, if I see something happen to someone I don't even know in another part of the country that I will never visit, there is, I, I, can, I can connect to that. I can relate to that. I can, it becomes personal to me because it can happen to me and it can happen to someone I love. I don't know that white people think that way. And I don't mean, I shouldn't say all white people, but there, it feels like when something is happening, the attitude is, well, if I don't see it and it's not my experience, then it's not true. And it's not only, it's not true for them, it's not true for me. And so listening and validating although I don't need your validation, but listening and accepting that my story is true is a step. Stop arguing with me about my facts. Stop arguing with me about my story. And if I perceive it that way, it's for me, if a police, for you, you're driving along the street, police comes behind you, you don't think anything about it. I still have a very early memory that continues to impact me of a family trip, we were going somewhere. I was going to Virginia at my aunt's graduation. And I and a policeman came behind us, a police car. He followed us all the way till we got to the county line. And I saw all of the adults in my life very stressed. We had been laughing and talking, having a good time, very stressed, very quiet, telling me, don't, you know, stay still, just look straight ahead, don't look back. And that was implanted in me at a very young age. So now when I see police coming behind me, I don't feel safe with them. I never feel safe with the police. And so if I tell that story to some white friends, they will try to reassure me that I can feel safe with the police. 
while I'm looking at the police shoot this one, shoot that one, beat up this one, beat up that one, arrest this one, arrest that one. I'm seeing that. So listen, listen on an individual level, listen and be prepared to be uncomfortable, but then be prepared to change and to challenge your people because you know these folks way better than we do. You challenge your circle. And so I don't, it can't change until people, white people start challenging their own circles. We've been talking about this, me, us, and all other people of color have been talking about this forever, but you all have to change it. You know, and I, so step I, up to the challenge. I published a story in our on a Facebook group last year. We got so many comments on this. It was, it was written by a white woman and mm -hmm. she had a problem with her plumbing in her house. So she hired a plumbing company and this black man arrived to take care of the of the plumbing problem. And she just got talked to him. They, they just became friends over the course of the next little while. And... <laughs> <laughs> this this man owned his own fleet of trucks, had mm -hmm. six employees, very, very successful and really personable too. But he had been stopped by the police mm -hmm. six times that year mm -hmm. <laughs> and pulled mm -hmm. over six times that year. A successful mm -hmm. black businessman pulled over over six times in the, in the previous year by the police, mm -hmm. just going about his regular business. And mm -hmm. this, this, so this white woman writes the story. And I shared that story widely because it was giving her a glimpse into a world Again, she had no idea it existed. So, so mm -hmm. that, that I mean, people really were challenged by that story. It's, it sounds mundane, mm -hmm. but I mean, that just gave people a little glimpse into what it, mm -hmm. what it, that reality. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I've gotten pulled over by the police. My son and I just driving along. We had our. We, we weren't doing anything. I wasn't speeding. I stopped at the lights. I did all the things, and I still got pulled over. And so I was in that moment too afraid to ask him, why did you pull me over? Which is, he should tell me. Cause he never, he never told me why, what, what prompted him? Cause my tags were, my tags were not overdue. It was something with my car. And so why did you check in the first place? What prompted you to do that in the first place when I had broken no, no laws? And so it was just, but I was too afraid in that moment to even ask that question. I just wanted him, I wanted this to be over. Now, I, I think this discomfort we feel is is really a good guide to where we need to if you're feeling uncomfortable like i remember when we were discussing that over the table at, at omega i felt uncomfortable i think everyone mm -hmm. at the table felt uncomfortable and i was like this is great we all feel uncomfortable we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're on, onto something here so yeah right discomfort in your body it doesn't mean yeah. this is bad and it doesn't mean you yeah. need to be avoidant or try and dissociate yeah. from this this means we're getting somewhere right <laughs> absolutely and if you can work through your discomfort yeah i think you just come out on the other side so much understanding so much more and having more empathy and compassionate understanding of what it's like in this country for people who are not white. Yeah. And then when you can understand that, maybe when you are talking to your racist Uncle Bob, you can just tell him to shut up. Shut up. You're wrong. This is not all. You know, you stop painting everybody with the same brush. Yeah. But I, I don't think, I think it's, it's, Governments aren't going to change until the individuals do. And there is a whole ecosystem out there that's making a lot of money from keeping that kind of growth from happening. Yes. The gun manufacturers, a lot of political money slushing around, campaign contributions. Right. And uh, right. yeah, I don't know if you saw the 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 uh, image 
that this this was really I had a tap on this one was a congressman and his family in front of the Christmas tree, all with guns. I mean, he had a semi-automatic rifle, looked like the size of a of a grenade launcher on his lap, yeah. and his wife's next to him with a an yeah. Uzi, and then you know, like five kids right behind them. And right. I saw that and I thought, you know, I thought I thought I thought we were I thought we were we were further along than this. And uh it just, you know, just is like I'm getting chills actually just thinking about it right now. It's so it's so yeah. triggering to me. We'll do a little bit of uh, focusing when we get back from the break on what we do mm -hmm. about this and how we deal with this mm -hmm. discomfort because we mm -hmm. have these tools to deal with it now. Mm -hmm. And I want mm -hmm. us to really focus on things we can do. So the, the step that Melissa's covered with everyone here, just to reiterate before we go to the break, is that get uncomfortable, feel your discomfort, and then be willing to talk to people around you and say what you notice and feel and not be silent in the face of language that's racist, actions that are racist, those subtle microaggressions, start to notice them, be, be awake to them. And then you don't have to be some kind of you know, flag-waving activist. Just be aware and take a stand and make it really clear where you are. So what we're, what, what we're, we're, we're asking for here isn't some sort of, you know, uh, certainly not going into an oppositional frame of mind, but being really clear what we're up against here and then doing your own inner work and then being overt about it, saying, we're going to do this. And we'll talk more about this when we get back from the break. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. For more on my work, go to blissbrain.com. For more on Melissa's work, go to the website of Gardenwood Counseling Center, which is gardenwoodcc.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your High Energy host, Dawson Church, and I love sharing with you week by week all these amazing ideas, all of these inspiring people, and all the ways you can put these into practice in your life. So we've talked about some practical ways of doing this right now, and I really invite you and challenge you to make a commitment to doing those. We need people to make that commitment, not just have it as a nice idea to say something when you see a racist act or a microaggression, be aware of it, be conscious, and then say something, do something, be practical about it, be proactive about it. Don't just let those things slide the way we've been doing for so long. That's a practical way of approaching this at an individual level and doing your part for this huge social issue. The world has to change. We cannot keep on the way we've been going on before. So Melissa, in our last segment over here, I'd love to focus with you on how energy psychology and EFT play into this? How can they help us with this huge, both this racial problem nationally and globally, and also how we deal with any, whatever our role is, as victim, as perpetrator, as observer, as activist, as whatever, whatever we, whatever, wherever we are, how do we use energy psychology and tapping to help us through this? In part, now I don't have all the answers. Of course not. But one answer is to, I think, Think about your fear. I think it all works because that that group of people who get, who who benefit from this that from this division have tapped into people's fears. And if you can focus on if people can focus on what it is that they're afraid of of the other, I think that'll help address that. Focus on figuring out is my fear valid, and then or where my fear came from. What's the story that I was that I've been told about? 
pe black people? What, what are the stories that I've been told about people who are different from me? What are the stories that I've been told about opportunity? I think we also have a country where we don't think that there's enough. There is enough money. There are enough resources for everybody really to have what they want, but they have to believe that it's not the other people, that other people doing well does ha ha does not impinge on your or hinder your ability to do well. You know what I mean? It doesn't prevent you from doing well. And I think that's the story that we've been told. Maybe it's just what happens in a capitalist country. I don't know. But it's there's this belief that because I because I want to do well, I have to keep these other people down here. I have to stand on their shoulders. And these shoulders are always people who people who are poor, people who are black, people of color, who and, and, and it's just not true. That's an untrue story. So we have to change the story. And you change the story by by understanding the origins of the story, breaking your connection, using EFT to burst those those belief bubbles, if that's a term, and challenge yourself. Challenge yourself, get to know somebody else who's not like you. But we live in our silos. Break open, or at least cut a little hole in your silo. Meet other people. <laughs> <laughs> Invite other people into your world. I've been, I've been so many places where I am the only Black person. I am it. And for some people, it's like, here's my one Black friend. And so they feel really good about it. But I'm just one person. So look around, see if you can start relationships with people who are not like you. Say hello. <laughs> you know, you have more, we have more in common than we don't. And so I think if, if people can get past their fear of the other, that would be really, that would take us a long way. And it, it, it kind of breaks the control, I think, that, the, that this group, this, this, I don't know what I want to call them, this, these, these people who get paid to keep us apart. It breaks yes, their control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a powerful way of empowering ourselves, too. So yeah. we're no longer dominated by those messages, by those memes, by those things right. in society. We're making, making up our, our own minds. And right. again, so take, take a, a people doing this and then tapping where I find that EFT comes in, in handy is you have those difficult conversations with other people. If you feel any sense of, of an issue, then you 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 can work on it. You can address it yourself privately too. So mm -hmm. maybe you are having that that challenge, and you mm -hmm. aren't reaching out to people beyond your own safe circle. Then what does it feel like in you? What, where is the resistance in you? Tap mm -hmm. it away proactively first, and then you'll be open to meeting new people. It's wonderful when we do do that. And the study was just published this last week, Lisa, that showed that people who do that actually wind up having surprisingly deep conversations with other people really quickly. We've always thought that it took, you know, it's knowing a person for a long time to have a deep conversation. But this particular study looked at what people who are able to expand their values like that experience when they actually do reach out. Mm -hmm. And the, the finding was that people actually are able to go into really deep life conversations really, really quickly. So clearing this mm -hmm. stuff internally mm -hmm. means you get to enjoy other, other human beings much more deeply than otherwise mm -hmm. you would. Yeah, I think we also have to spread the word about how EFT helps. And we need to get into more communities. As many communities, you're doing an awesome job by getting to so many people and really expanding our, our awareness of how EFT can help or energy medicines can help. And I think I, from, from my perspective, I need to heal. 
And so I need to heal and so I can trust and not be suspicious of. I mean, I do have friends who are white, but it took us a while to form relationships because I had to trust them. So I have my own healing and I do, and I'm using EFT to do that, to address my. And so we're all kind of doing that together, addressing our own stuff. We're all opening up to each other, but we think it's harder than it really is. And I don't <laughs> think it's that hard. I think we just have to try. Yeah. We have to do, not try, because we've been trying and it hasn't worked. We have to do. And if people are committed to, if people really want to come together they have to it's not just words anymore it's time for us to 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 heal ourselves and then to be open to each other because more of us oh my gosh when you think about how much better we do when we're united than when we're divided and and let and, and bringing everybody to the table not just one group of people to the table I think this country and the world would be so much better than the way we're going now when we're all fighting against each other and othering each other this the, the that way isn't working that way isn't making us better let's do something else yeah and by doing that we can also really help with the integration of the world because this isn't just a, a problem in the u.s it's a problem all over right. the world and right. i think too that the, the fact that people are working just doing distance 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 work so much more is powerful than doing work with people often in other countries like i work with more people in india in the last two years than i've ever worked before in my life and that's been interesting mm-hmm. i work with people in malaysia and people in Saudi Arabia, d- different people. So it's really interesting that you know we get a chance to do this and expand this globally. And right. the world is a much better place when we, we we both model this as individuals, model it in our our own geographic area, and then are able to right. share it with others. Melissa, it's Absolutely. been a wonderful and fascinating conversation, and I'm so grateful yeah. for the work you're doing. And I really want to explore with you, and I'm going to email you actually about about doing okay. more of this, like with our our practitioners, bringing this conversation and making it part of the practitioner training and part of the practitioner awareness at the EFT universe. So we, we we build this in. We don't just, we, we have a really beautiful diversity policy on our website. I want to make mm-hmm. sure we have a, a beautiful diversity policy in our hearts and our behavior as well. All right. Okay. I would love to do that. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so there's a lot more to come. And again, thank you for your wonderful work and this connection and i know we'll do more in the future every blessing thank Thank you you. so much thank you so much doctor for this opportunity and for talking to me about this yeah (laughs) thanks for the passion we share about this too we we realized that around the table in omega and now i'm going to take that further and for everyone listening thank you so much and again i hope you've made some notes i hope you've made some resolutions over here do those things that melissa's recommending over here they really they may seem like small and local changes small and local actions, they wind up ripping out a long way. And again, please stay tuned every week. We have many more great shows coming up. We have some fabulous co-hosts as well who are hosting while I'm on a long meditation retreat. So do your mind, body, heart, and happiness level a favor. Go ahead and listen regularly to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. Till next time, all the best.